0: Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. We continue our scripture reading today from John 6 uh, with verses 41 through 51. Let us listen for the word of God. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. And I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written that in the prophets, that they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In our scripture passage today, we hear Jesus declare himself the bread of heaven. And immediately my mind begins to race about how bad bread is for us. We hear it everywhere we go anymore about bread being a carb and we shouldn't be consuming carbs. You may have even seen the list of top ten foods that you should never eat again. And of course bread makes that list. There's even a book called Bread is the Devil, Win the Weight Loss Battle by Taking Control of Your Dieting Demons. And I must admit, it is a very long title, but very catchy. And there's one line in the book that really caught my attention. When you are hungry, tired, or stressed, you tend to reach for bread products, not carrot sticks. Problem is, the more you eat bread the more you want it. Okay, well, I understand what the author of the book is getting at here by saying this, but if you take that sentence and you apply it to our scripture passage today, it has a completely different understanding. When we are hungry, spiritually hungry or tired or stressed out, Yes, we want to be fulfilled. We want all of those things that are causing us stress to be resolved. We want them to just be taken away from us. We want anything that's weighing us down to be gotten rid of. Yes, we not only want to reach for heavenly bread, but we need to reach for it during these times. And the author got it right because the more heavenly bread we consume, the more we want of it. In other words, when we feel depleted or defeated, those are the times that we turn to our fate the fastest, the times in which we feel we need God the most in our life. For me, bread has always been a comfort. It symbolizes being nourished, being welcomed, and hospitality. In fact, there is a Jewish tradition where You take a loaf of bread and a container of salt to a family who is moving into a new home. And the saying is bread, so you may never know hunger again. Salt, so your life may always have flavor. Now, if you've never heard of this Jewish tradition before, you've probably seen it in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, when George Bailey and his wife Mary take the bread and the salt to the Martina family as they dedicate their home. Yet, the Jewish people in our scripture passage today are not as hospitable as that. They are grumbling and complaining and trying to discredit who Jesus is. And they tell him, Jesus, you cannot be the bread of heaven because we know your parents. We know Mary. We know Joseph. We know you. You're not the bread of heaven. You can't possibly be the son of God. But what we find in our scripture passage is that we're actually coming in in the middle of a conversation. You see, this is the end of the conversation, and to understand what is truly going on here, we have to actually go back in the Gospel of John a little ways to verse 24, and let's listen to these words. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us, so that we may see it and believe you? What works are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. I love this discourse and what's going on here because the crowd is so hungry, they actually go looking for nourishment. They go seeking the answers for the questions they have. And it reminds me of a phrase that I heard a lot in seminary and sometimes here in Christian education circles, faith-seeking understanding. It's where we have faith, but in our faith we have questions. So we go looking for those answers, and our faith grows. That's what's happening here in this text today is that the crowd gathered around Jesus has so many questions. So they go to him looking for those answers, and when he answers them, it just stirs even more questions within them. And so as they ask these questions and as Jesus answers them, they are growing and they are learning. It's this wonderful cycle of learning and growing where you ask the questions, you get the answers, and then you grow. It's a great model for our own spiritual lives. But what's happening here with this crowd is that what we talked about earlier, they've gotten that taste of heavenly bread, and they want more, and they want more and more of it. And then in the midst of all of these questions and answers comes this comparison between manna and bread. You see, they are trying to compare Jesus and Moses to one another. And in the wilderness, they think Moses gave the bread to them, but in reality, it was Jesus. Now, if you ever, haven't ever heard the story about the manna, it goes something like this When Moses took the Israelites out of Egypt, out of captivity, they began wandering around the wilderness. And like any long road trip that we have ever taken, sometimes our companions get grumpy. You probably have heard your companions go, are we there yet? I'm hungry. I've got to go to the bathroom. He's touching me. No, she touched me first. You've all heard those, right, from the back seat? (laughs) Well, so are the Israelites as they're traveling with Moses through the wilderness. And they are saying, we're hungry, we're thirsty. When are you going to give us something to eat? We're tired of walking. Can you give us a break? And so finally God hears their cries and tells Moses that he is sending them nourishment to sustain them. And so Moses gives them the instructions. He tells them that every morning manna will fall like dew upon the earth and it will cover the earth. And it's just like covering. And they are to go out and gather this manna and take only the amount that they need for that day. Now on the Sabbath, the night day before, they can take two portions of the manna so that they can actually rest on the Sabbath but only the amount that they need. Otherwise, it's going to rot and spoil, and it will perish. And so, as the people are talking about this with Jesus, they're trying to compare Jesus and Moses. But Jesus isn't just another one of the prophets from the Old Testament. Jesus is actually like the manna that has been given. See, Jesus is a gift from God for the people of God. And once again, the Israelite people are being nourished and sustained by God. And this time, because Jesus is the bread of life, it isn't going to disappear. This time, the amount that they can take isn't limited. They can never take too much of this bread because they are being asked to feast upon the bread of life. Believe it not, I have been in ministry for 15 years, and I have served six different congregations. And over that time, I have seen a lot at this table. I have seen where, as the elders were passing the plate one day, there was a dolly on it with all the bread, and as they passed it, all the bread slipped off that plate into the senior pastor's wife's lap. There was some scrambling elders that day for more bread. Or there was the time I got to serve communion with uh, my husband. And as he was administering the sacraments, the sleeve of his robe was longer than mine, so it hit the chalice and overwent the entire cup of juice onto that crisp white linen tablecloth. An entire gasp went out from all the women in the church as you could physically see them trying to figure out how they were going to get that stain out of that tablecloth. His birthday was a few days later, so needless to say, it was appropriate to give him a sippy cup for his birthday. (laughs) And I can't tell stories on others without telling one on myself. At a former congregation, we serve communion Um, Before every session meeting, we had worship, and then we had communion together. And so it was a particularly busy day, and it was my turn to serve communion. So I ran to the grocery store. I grabbed the grape juice, and I grabbed this really pretty loaf of bread, but I didn't read the label. So on the way, I went back to church, and that night, by candlelight, I blessed, and I broke the bread, and the entire chapel filled with the smell of garlic. (laughs) Much to my dismay, it wasn't just garlic bread, there were whole loaves baked into this bread, so a few elders got a few surprises when they bit into that bread. But it never ceases to amaze me that when we come to this table, we sometimes do it with hesitation When the bread is broken and we say the words, these are the gifts of God for the people of God, and we come forward, people will take the smallest amount of bread ever. And I look at that tiny bit of bread in their hand and have two thoughts. One, how are they ever going to dip that in that cup? But two, how is that amount of bread going to nourish and sustain them? It's the gift of God for the people of God. We shouldn't be afraid to take our allotment. We shouldn't be afraid to claim our faith in such a bold way. We shouldn't be afraid to question it, to challenge it, to grow in it. So why take such a small piece? God has given us such a great gift. It's like going to dinner with your friends, and the waiter or waitress brings out this huge bowl of bread and sets it on the table, and you just sit there and stare at it. No one takes a piece of the bread. Maybe you're afraid that you don't want to be the first one and look like you know, you're hogging all the bread. Maybe you are watching your carbs. Maybe you just don't want to eat in front of others, but... Why are we so afraid to reach out and take what God has so freely given us? Here this fall, we are going to be serving all kinds of bread. Now, it may not be white bread or wheat bread or rye or sourdough, and I promise it's not going to be garlic bread. But they're going to be in the form of small groups like Make It and Take It, Book Club, Holy Yoga, Chair Holy Yoga, Meditation, a running small group, a golf group, Presbyterian Women, Bible Studies, Um, Sunday school is going to take on a new look this year with Dr. Donald Cash teaching on the 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 behind-the-scenes of the scripture passages that Alex, Judy, and I are preaching on. Adam is going to be teaching a four-week class during our first four weeks of Engage Encounter on music and ministry. And then Dr. Cash will be teaching an in-depth look at the Synoptic Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then we will also have a knitting group that's going to be meeting after the 9.30 service each week so that we can have fellowship together. There's going to be a prayer group. And we're even going to take a try at having online adult education. So maybe you can't make it one Sunday for Sunday school. A child or a grandchild sick. Maybe you're sick. Or maybe it's just been that long of a week and you can't make it. Well, now you can participate in adult education on Sundays via our web. And if there isn't something for you, come and see me. We will find a way for you to be nourished and sustained here. God has given the people of God a gift for us to all be nourished and sustained. So let us not be afraid to come and take what is being offered. For Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So come, be nourished, be fulfilled, be sustained. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, Please visit www.fpcah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Prez family of faith.